The number of military fatalities in all of the wars the United States has been in from 1775 to present day totals over 1.3 million souls. The American Civil War was our deadliest at 620,000. World War II, 405,399. World War I. 116,516. The Vietnam War was 58,209. The Korean War, 36,516. American Revolutionary War, estimated 25,000. The War of 1812, 20,000. The Mexican-American War, 13,283. The War on Terror, which has been going on since 2001, currently at 7,075. The Spanish-American War, 2,446. And the Gulf War, we lost 258. So as we observe this Memorial Day, perhaps some of us are named after loved ones and people that we knew in classrooms. Perhaps we have stories from wars of Vietnam to the war on terror to the Gulf War here in recent memory or grandparents still with us from World War II. Those people today that have died during battle, we remember, we honor. My thoughts go with my name, Gregory. That's what my mother uh, chose as my name when I was born. You know me as Greg, but that name comes from one of her friends, a fellow Blue Rock from Wilmington, Delaware, who passed away during the Vietnam War. I may say his name wrong, but I'm going to try to get this the best that I can. I believe it was Greg Papaleo. Uh, he also was a member with Roy Jones. And both, both of them, I had the honor uh, about 10 years ago to help with their Memorial Day uh, celebration of their life and putting a bench in a mausoleum uh, where they rest. And then I'm also thinking about one of my mother's cousins who passed away that I had always heard stories of, and his name was Raymond Curtis Hetzler. Now, Raymond Curtis Hetzler was located in South Vietnam when he died from an accidental explosion. Uh, he received a National Defense Service Medal, a Vietnam Campaign Medal, a Vietnam Service Mem Medal, as well as Army Good Conduct, Vietnam Gallantry Cross, the Army Presidential Unit Citation. For all the people like Raymond, Roy, and even Gregory, there are countless other lives that were injured during these wars that came home to America after fighting for us. So while many people will spend today gathering around barbecues and telling stories and laughing, I wanted to start today more on a somber tone, one of remembrance and silence and reflection. So I'm going to take a moment of silence here before we get started for today's show. All right, welcome back, bold Americans. Let's get started. 
grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another week of episodes here on America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, you can go to www.americaoutloud.com where you can check out all of my colleagues' work. Malcolm Out Loud actually has a brand new show now Monday through Friday. You can hear Voice of a Nation and go to the America Out Loud talk radio network where you can check out that show. It's coming on at 8 p.m., but all of our shows stream 24-7 through the app that you can get on your phone and then later get posted to your favorite podcast networks. Much like my show is on the podcast network that you're listening to now or you're on the website, but I thank you for being here. Well, let's get straight into it. You know, at the beginning, I started with a somber tone about Memorial Day because let's face it, war is an ugly, ugly thing. And in many ways in our country, we, we constantly are commercializing what it means to be American. We get red, white, and blue shorts with the flag on it. We get t-shirts. We get the pins, we do all the stuff for the patriotism, and we sit around, we grill up hot dogs and hamburgers for our Memorial Day celebrations. But have we really thought about what is Memorial Day? What are we celebrating? Well, there's not a lot to celebrate for this type of day. You know, if somebody says to you something like, well, happy Memorial Day, it's not meant to be a happy Memorial Day. You know, it's like going to somebody's funeral and being like, well, happy death day. Well, I mean, maybe some people take that approach from a religious standpoint, but that's not what this day is about at all. Uh, in fact, today has always been something that was set up as a day to just remember. I think it was 1868. It was General John Logan declared it the purpose of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of the country during the late rebellion and whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet churchyard in the land. But of course, we've transitioned this as we transition everything into a commercialized holiday. So I just wanted to make sure on my show that I honored those who have lost their lives in service of the country. Now, what's interesting, I watched this Netflix series uh, just before I recorded the show tonight. I was looking for someone to watch after my weekend, and I'll get into my weekend with you guys in just a few moments. But it was about the, um, not the dream team for the Olympics, uh, but it was about the redeem team because the United States basketball team had lost in 2004 and then 2006 they lost uh, in the world uh, cup or I want to call it qualifiers just world qualifiers and then finally in 2007 they had to win either first or second place in order to make it into the Olympics and luckily they made it first place but what wasn't lost on me there was coach K now if you know coach K he was the coach uh, for Duke University for many, many, 
many years. Mike Krajewski. Um, I believe he ended last year. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but my brother-in-law is a huge Duke fan. And so I believe, if, if I'm correct, last year was his last year as the Duke coach. Make a long story short. Uh, he was a military veteran who uh, was, uh, I believe, a point guard for the Army under Coach Bob Knight. And when he became the Olympic coach, uh, which he eventually led 2008, 2012, and 2016 gold medals, he had people like Kobe Bryant, Chris Bosh, uh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. And what I found was really interesting about this was the patriotism that Coach K was able to bring out in these NBA players and the pride that they had and they spoke about during this Netflix series of hearing the national anthem. And the national anthem that he played for them was actually Marvin Gaye's national anthem. And he said, you know, this is one of the most beautiful renditions of it. Now, I had never heard that version of the national anthem before, but it is absolutely phenomenal. It was 40 years ago that it was performed at the 33rd NBA All-Star Game. And so I thought about this parallel on this Memorial Day with the fact that now in my classroom, people don't stand to even say the Pledge of Allegiance. When the national anthem comes on, people don't remove their hats. Despite the fact there's 1.3 million people who have perished and millions more who have been injured, maimed, you know, lives changed psych psychologically forever at the behest of serving this country. And Coach K did a phenomenal job of bringing in four-star generals to talk to these NBA players back in 2008 to make sure that they understood what playing for America meant. And I couldn't help but wonder, somebody like LeBron James in 2008 who spoke so highly of that, how here in 2023, the, the instances of what LeBron James feels about the national anthem, where did that patriotism go 2008, 2012, 2016? It's bizarre to me, the fact that these NBA players had this great opportunity to have this coach that understood beyond a reasonable doubt what this meant to be a patriot and to understand those who gave all and the ultimate sacrifice was able to get that over to his players and watch that on that documentary. I, I highly recommend it. If you get the opportunity to watch the, if you like basketball, especially it's really well done. I think it just released on Netflix, but it's called the redeem team and it's old footage. It's actually really a bittersweet scene. Kobe Bryant as well. Uh, and the way that he inspired everybody else during that time. And he really, that began kind of the second half of his career uh, from the time that he was on that Olympic team until now. Uh, but yeah, so I was just thinking about Memorial Day. I'm watching that. I'm going, wow, how far things have changed in just a very short amount of time, 15 years. Where has the pride gone in this country for those that serve? I have uh, students that have gone into the Army now, the Navy, uh, the Marines. And when they come back and they check in, one of the other things that I constantly hear about are the people that are killed in boot camp 
from suicide, that that's kind of another unspoken truth. But when people go to serve our country, they get a weapon, they're not doing well. There's a large number of young people every year that die by their own hands after entering into the armed forces. And certainly this Memorial Day too, those are individuals that signed up to serve this country. And despite what was going on, mental health or whatever in their lives, they also deserve, they may not appear in that 1.3 million, but they deserve to have their names along with all the others while they were in boot camp and are getting training on the ground, getting weight ready to go off to uh, serve this country. Another thing that kind of struck me that I want to kind of concentrate on is when I looked up the statistics to find out how many lives have been lost from the United States. There was a war on terror from 2001. Now the war on terror breaks down into different uh, years. We have Operation Iraqi Freedom, which 4,431 Americans lost their lives from 2003 to 2010. That was primarily in Iraq. We have uh, Operation Enduring Freedom, 2,353 lost their lives, 2001 to 2014. That was primarily in Afghanistan. And you may know the Pat Tillman story where he was an NFL uh, linebacker, went over, fought in Afghanistan. He was actually killed by friendly fire. Um, Things got chaotic and he was killed in friendly fire. And that happens too. I mean, I just told you about my mother's cousin who... He died when a explosive device accidentally discharged, killing him. And I'm not sure if others were killed in that explosion. I didn't ask my mother that uh, when I was verifying some of the info today. But um, certainly with Raymond, I wanted to make sure I got part of that uh, into today's podcast. And then the other parts of this is Operation Freedom's Sentinel. Um, and that is 2014 to 2021 in Afghanistan only which had 109 people pass away. Operation New Dawn, 74 were killed. That was primarily in Iraq from 2010 until 2011. So that followed Operation Iraqi Freedom. But then there is Operation Inherent Resolve. And this is the one that I guess I must have missed this title at some point in time during the uh, U.S. ground forces, you know, what they were doing. Like, I know where we've been, uh, we're headquartered in Kuwait. We currently, from what it looks like, have 6,350 troops on the ground. But 109 have, have uh, passed away from 2014 to present in Iraq, Syria, and Libya. And so when we talk about you know Ukraine or what's moving up, we still haven't ended this part of the war. Uh, and so I, I wasn't really even paying attention to that part, but it's a military intervention against the Islamic state. And for whatever reason, I thought after Gaddafi died that we were pretty much wrapping things up and after, uh, Afghanistan, but we're not, it's still going on. And so I hope that that gives you some things to think about. Come back in the second half of the show. I'm going to get into the headlines. We're going to get away from the somber tone, but I'm going to tell you about my weekend because that was really, really fun. It meant a lot to me. And I feel like we have this good relationship between you guys listening to the show and me. And I just want to share some fun news and good news before we hit those headlines. So as always, go to AmericaOutloud.com. You can check out all of our sponsors. And uh, I ask you to please help support them because that keeps the lights on for my show as well as for the network. And that's a great thing.
We'll be right back, everybody. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back, Bold American. Second half of the show already here. This is flying by. Memorial Day reflecting, but we're going to move on and get to some of the stuff that happened this weekend for me. As you know, I I broke my ankle about a week ago in three days, uh, Friday of over a week ago. And I I went to the orthopedic that gave me a boot that I could wear uh, so I could officiate a wedding. Now, I'm not ordained in any way. I was raised Catholic, so that would be frowned upon. But uh, at one point in time, in a previous life, if you look at my bio, you'll find out that I was a youth minister at a Catholic church. And during my time as a youth minister, I ran retreats, did Habitat for Humanity, uh, flew with kids out to uh, NCYC, the National Catholic Youth Conference, as well as some other uh, Christian conferences, uh, and ran a ton of different activities on Sunday nights, different things for families and kids to be able to do lots of lock-ins, just a, a blast. During that same time, my wife and I uh, had just started dating and then I got that job. And during my time at St. John's uh, where I was a youth minister, I eventually got engaged. And so these students, that's what I call them students uh, that were charged in my care uh, would eventually be charged into my wife's care as well because she would come and assist me on Sunday nights and really became something that we did together. While I was the youth minister and I planned everything, my wife was always by my side, helped me with everything. And so there were these uh, young kids back then uh, that really made an impression on both my wife and I in the fact that we watched them grow up in front of us. We watched them from the time they were like seventh and eighth grade, go on all the way through high school, then through college, 
And then now we've been blessed to start watching them be married. And so uh, I've had uh, three of my youth group members that I've been invited to their weddings, two of which I could attend one I couldn't during the whole COVID. It got rescheduled and I missed it, unfortunately. Uh, but the ones that I was able to make, I, and even that one, I, I'm just blown away watching the amazing young men that they've grown up to be. And the same goes for the young woman as well. Like that I'm seeing now they're getting married and I haven't been to any of their weddings, but I was saying to my wife, like it just, they have no idea what they gifted us simply by uh, being present on those Sundays. That, that journey that we went on, and it was a faith journey at that time, but it was also one of fellowship and just friendship. It was so meaningful. And so I had this opportunity to go up to the Poconos in Pennsylvania and uh, officiate a wedding between uh, one of my former youth group members and his fiance. And I wrote an entire script uh, for the uh, ceremony um, and it took me a good amount of time because if you know me, I like to perfect everything. Maybe like the podcast because it's Monday through Friday. It's not so much perfection, but if, if I'm writing something and it's going to be uh, broadcast to people for such an important day, it really means something. But I found that when I got up there, when I got nervous, which I'm never nervous in front of anybody, but I was like, oh my God, this is like their special day. I can't screw this up. So it's like the first time I ever had dry mouth when I was talking. Now I, I listened to the audio back and I enunciated all my words. So I, I believe I was okay. <laughs> but the, the thought process that I had behind this was we were going to be on the top of Blue Mountain at the very beginning of the Pocono Mountains. Now, Blue Mountain uh, has a little summit there with the resort where people would ski during the winter time, but that's where the uh, ceremony was. And it overlooked all these valleys and hills. And in our relationships, I'm going to make this a little bit more about all of us, not just what I made for this couple. In our relationships in life, there's these peaks and valleys, there's the ups, there's the downs. And eventually, our goal is to reach summits, right? We're, we want to climb the mountain sometimes together, sometimes by ourselves. But when we get there, it's normally always followed with a sense of awe and wonder, right? We're normally sitting there and looking out and going, wow. And that was the view that I had during the ceremony. It was breathtaking. The weather was beautiful. And I couldn't help but just notice that during the ceremony, about two hours before, my foot stopped swelling up enough that I could put a regular shoe on. During the rehearsal, I had the boot on. But during the ceremony, I was able to just put the shoe on and walk down with my air cast instead of the boot. And I didn't have pain. Now today, <laughs> today I have pain. But it was as if, you know, if, if you're a... a, a religious person you believe in this or whatever god provided in that moment and i was able to walk not ruin photos and so it was an absolutely beautiful thing but the main thing that i want to say is what an honor it was you know i i i don't know if any of my listeners have ever married somebody before but i can check that off my bucket list um it is an absolute honor to have two people that are committing their lives together in front of you 
and know that you're playing some small role in that forever moment for them. It was a beautiful thing. Um, you know, I, I kept it together during the ceremony, but I've had some moments where I haven't been keeping it together over it because I'm just very touched. And so as an educator and somebody who's been in youth ministry, we oftentimes will say, did I make an impact? You know, we don't often hear back from our students. We don't often see what that impact was, but I felt the impact looking on these uh, fine young people who are now adults and married themselves and getting married themselves and just bringing me and my wife into that. And uh, it was just one of the most uh, thoughtful gifts that I'll always remember in my life. And uh, I just wanted to share that with everybody. You know, take some time to find the wonder and awe in your life. Those moments are happening all the time. You know, not everything has to be, you know, doom and gloom in the valleys and lows and more lows and more lows. Even when the headlines start looking like that's all that it is. Unfortunately, my show is about bold takes on things, right? It's about getting into um, what the stories are of the week. And so sometimes I can lose sense of that wonder and all, but that's why I wanted to just share that with you all today. Let's get to a couple different headlines that I think are going to matter this week as we get in here on this Monday. So right before Friday uh, ended, we heard that there was a debt deal that was done. And uh, Kevin McCarthy came out he said, hey, I'm really uh, excited. You know, we got about 95% of Republicans that are very excited about this deal. We got some concessions and we got a debt deal. But guess what? No one has seen the bill. Like I, I've been waiting all weekend to see if anything came out here. And now early, early Monday, there's still no bill in front of anybody here on Memorial Day. And there's a 72 hour rule to allow lawmakers to review the legislation and they're supposed to vote on Wednesday. So explain to me if this bill comes out sometime during Monday, the last time I checked, but 48 hours was on Wednesday, 72 hours would be on Thursday. Now I don't teach math, but I don't need to be a math genius to figure out they do not have enough time to get the votes for this. Now, maybe on June 1st, as this is all coming to a head, they'll have time to vote on it. Uh, but wouldn't you know, Treasurer Secretary Janet Yellen, all of a sudden, as soon as she hears that, oh, guess what? They got a uh, an agreement. She goes, well, we won't run out of money until June 5th. She revised the numbers from June 1st to June 5th, which is so predictable. I mean, they're just dangling carrots left and right for people getting this outrage against politics and it's just all a show. I think that's what really gets to me at the end of the day. At this point in time, politics is nothing but a show. It's almost exhausting to come up with show topics Monday through Friday of stuff that I will be at least able to put my head on a pillow at the end of a night and go, I'm happy with that show. I'm happy with what I have contributed to society this week with my episodes that I've submitted for you all. Because if you follow it, 
so much of this is so carefully curated to keep you outraged either against Republicans or Democrats. And then so the news actually has a good news cycle. It's absolutely unacceptable, but it continues to happen all the time. Now, some people are saying that uh, Democrats might not back this deal, even though Joe Biden has said he agreed to it with McCarthy. They're saying that they have to worry about whether or not they like the concessions or not. I got bad news here. Those concessions are going to be happening whether they like it or not, or the deal will likely be dead. Um, also, this is going to be the first test too that find out what type of concessions Kevin McCarthy made in order to become speaker, putting some of the people uh, in charge of that committee that would have a little bit more far right leaning uh, concessions that they may want, which quite honestly, when it comes to the concessions of the debt deal, you already know I'm pretty far right conservative on that. I want less spending, less spending, less spending, and less government programming. And I'd be fine with a lot of uh, government officials losing their jobs because they're not necessary because people can provide for themselves and start taking care of themselves and not ask the government to do everything for them. Anyway, we'll see what happens with this debt limit, but I guarantee they drag this thing out the entire week with some type of drama just to make sure it's still in the headlines the entire time. That's what I think. All right. Uh, Charlie Kirk, if anyone uh, follows uh, Charlie Kirk from Turning Point, he's the CEO of them. Uh, Apparently, um, they're coming after him saying he teamed up with a registered sex offender. And so they're trying to say he's a he's a hypocrite because he's been talking about the boycott of Target over the pride collection. Um, And so now he's been telling people, you know, that I guess if you love God, you must hate evil. Well, duh. Like (laughs) anyone who's a Christian knows the word God means love, right? Evil is hatred. So they're polar opposites. Anyway, I I don't understand how Charlie Kirk has gotten the the following that he's gotten throughout the years uh, other than using religion and everything else. But this story here about his company uh, working with somebody who is a registered sex offender. Okay. I'm guessing that TPUSA and Kirk probably have a lot of people to come through. And they should definitely try to find a way to vet their people a little bit better. Uh, That all stated, I guarantee it's probably pretty difficult. You're going to find bad people. It doesn't mean that you support those bad people. So apparently the company of one of the sponsors for the summit he did, Bergstrand, has a prison conviction in his lifetime. And he's a registered sex offender in North Dakota that's active until 2030. He has to for coercion and enticement. This story appeared on uh, Yahoo. And it just stinks of a hit piece against somebody. Because with sponsors, you take their money and stuff. Now, Charlie Kirk could easily say, well, we're going to refund that money and we're really sorry. Like they can, He can fix that situation rather quickly. But is this the best they got? Like the I got you moment on Charlie Kirk? I'm not even a fan of the guy, but honestly, that that's the best that they can get on the headlines. It's pretty ridiculous when you look at it, but we'll see um, because that's how they try to um, demonize the other side. Be like, oh, well, look at this hypocrite. 
I don't think that that's alike in in what he's saying whatsoever with having you know a trans designer that's openly trying to give like a satanist look for it right there's uh definitely i i, I guess i really got wonder like what are all these companies i was talking to chris michaels about this last week what are all these companies thinking when they're like you know what let's just double down on like the trans agenda lgbtqia plus or it's just dollar signs to them is that all these people are because i i covered this a few weeks back about m&ms they were doing like um M&Ms for women, right? And I said, they're raising the price on the M&Ms now. And you're going to get used to paying, you know, $3.89 for the king size bag of M&Ms because they're protecting and promoting her story, right? But what's going to end up happening is eventually that's going to go away. They're not going to lower the price of the M&Ms back to the original price. They'll raise it just slightly higher, right? So maybe it's like $3 instead of going back to $2.50. And when they do that, they're going to also stop supporting that cause. See, all of these companies, Bud Light, Target, M&Ms, whoever it may be, they are using the LGBTQIA+, whatever other part of the F, but I'm missing, I apologize, they're using that community in order to increase their profits and their public relations. And I know everybody else, they're looking at like Dylan Mulvaney. They're looking at like the, the advertiser, you know, that's Satanist. I'm telling you, that's not what you should be looking at. What you should be looking at is these people don't actually give a damn about the causes that they're promoting. They care about the tax credits they get when they start giving the money off to a charity. They care about the public relations as far as, oh, look how inclusive we are. They care about how they can start to increase their profits long-term when they increase prices, as I was saying. It's all false and fake, completely fake. And the consumerism and the capitalism, until you stop paying for this type of stuff, it's going to continue. Now, there's people that are saying the transgender content creator came out in uh, this one part. Uh, she said, the queer community has huge spending power. Brands can't afford to not work with us forever. I would reckon to, reckon to differ with you there, Rose. Um the trans community makes up but a fraction of the entire population and their dollars are going to be much more important. If people start to push back against these companies, it goes back to what we were talking about with the Dodgers and the people that are going to be there on pride night, June 16th. If people push back on the Dodgers and stop buying tickets and boycotted the game. And then the people in the, uh, concourse that are selling all the food can't sell food because there's not people to buy the food i guarantee those people would be uninvited right away that's the way things work but nope we have a bunch of fake companies trying to pretend they give a damn about something that they don't care about it's about profits over people trust me on that and then the last story here that i'm going to tell you about is one that came out that I'm going to try to get this uh, guy onto the show as well. Um, he's out in Oregon and uh, he's kind of the expert in RF radiation frequencies. And so I'll see if he can get on with me here. Uh, but there's a story that just came out in the sun and it talks about there's a 60% increase in your brain cancer risk from using your cell phone. 
in fact, it was pretty shocking the the numbers that they put. It said our main takeaway is that approximately 1,000 hours of lifetime mobile use, or about 17 minutes per day over a 10-year period, is associated with a statistically significant 60% increase in brain cancer. Now, despite that finding. They're also saying the UN's World Health Organization, the WHO, says that there's no adverse health effects that have been established as being caused by mobile phone use. Oh, really, WHO? Go to the settings on your phone and look at the regulatory, which states that, yes, this is true and this will harm you long term. But what's more shocking is they're saying 17 minutes per day of use over a 10 year period. Teenagers right now are on their phones five to six to eight hours a day a day and so does that mean we're going to see more 20 year olds with geoblastomas i hope not but this is not looking good we've made cell phones something that everybody has to have we've gotten rid of the the slow type of lifestyle and the home phone line and now it's being replaced by people that only have cell phones i'm in that group myself but that may not be the best. And we have Wi-Fi radiation. There's radiation all around us at all times. So think about that for just a little bit, you know, before you put that phone up to your ear, make sure maybe you have it wired. And I'll see if I can get this guest on to talk to me about this by the end of the week to follow up on the story. And uh, if I can, that'll be great. If I can't, then I will research what they suggest and follow up on a future episode. I hope that you all have had an opportunity with me here today to reflect on those that made the ultimate sacrifice for us on this Memorial Day here in the United States. And I hope that I honored your time well with the rest of the topics. I'll be back tomorrow with all the headlines, find out what's going on with this debt limit, and we'll talk once again and get into it and hopefully educate my listeners a little bit on what's going on in America. All right, bold Americans, that's it. That's all. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. 